Perfect. One, two, three. All right there. You guys hear me at the back there? All right there, George. Thank you. Perfect song, George. Thank you. Great choice. Just to introduce the message, because you get your Bibles ready to Ephesians chapter 4. We'll be concluding the middle section of our chapter today. And um, that's, that's what Paul is distracted by. He's just distracted by this risen, ascended, living Christ Jesus. This one. He is distracted by uh, coming into chapter 4. And this one, this king, this ascended and victorious Christ, ABC, ABC, listen. Our disposition must never change. It must never change. We must always and forever be distracted by this one. Amen? Always. Never mind the gifts. And He gives us so, so much. Let us not get distracted by what He gives us, whether it's gifts for ministry, gifts for ourselves, our provision, our protection. I mean, those are all good things, but they're not as good as this one. Amen. This one. This one we worship. This one we worship. This is the one we need all the time. So see Christ, learn from Him, love Him, worship Him, fear Him. That's all we need. And I'm going to come full circle to this when we land in a moment. So don't just pin that on the board quickly in your mind. Just pin that. That's all we need. And Paul, distracted by this gift giver, has talked about the gifts this one has given the church. This group of people, apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers and pastors. It's given the church, this group of people, these foundational gifts, primarily to get what? The Word of God to it, or to her rather, and when the Word of God is given to her, she's equipped. She's made ready. She is to grow. Okay, we've seen that trajectory as we've gone through the chapter 4. So that they're what? They're no longer children. They're now mature in Christ. They're now on par and working towards this fullness in Christ. But still distracted by this one. This risen, ascended, victorious one. But here's the plan for church growth, everyone. Coming now nearer to our context where we are this morning in verse 13 of chapter 4. Here's the great aim. This ascended victorious Jesus Christ has given gifts to the church to get the word to the church for this great end. Here it is in verse 13. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's the great end. These gifts that we've received, the people that come into the church to bring us the word of God, that's not the, the end. It's a means to a much greater, much fuller, much higher end. It's to become into the fullness of Christ. Whatever Jesus is, we are to be that. However He is measured, however high, however wide, however deep, that's what we are to grow into. It's astounding. It's astounding. This glory that Jesus has, God wants us to have it. Isn't it amazing? This glory that He is, He wants you to have it and possess it like a possession. That's where we're growing to. I don't know when last you sort of double-clicked on what you're doing with your life as a Christian. Where are you going? That's where we're going, everybody. Amen? Amen. That's where we're going. And that is a great, great end. 
All right. This is what we're supposed to do right now together in the body. Grow in Him and go into that fullness. Okay. We saw last week this purpose. There's a negative purpose. There's something we are to leave behind. There's something we are to turn away from. And we saw that in verse 14 that we are no longer infants. Okay, because the assumption is when we come into this body, we're children, we're immature, we're vulnerable. Okay? And there's something we have to turn from, and we have to turn from that. Not to remain children, vulnerable, and putting everything into our mouth. Okay? And putting what into our mouth? Bad doctrine. Bad doctrine. You don't put any sort of bad doctrine in your mouth. But we're to turn from that. That's the negative. And now this morning I want to focus on the positive. So saying no to immaturity and grabbing hold of this growth and taking hold of it. How is that explained? And now we come to our next few verses here. Chapter 4, verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. From Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Does its work. So exactly how, having said no to immaturity, no longer remaining a child, now to grow into, what does that look like? How do I know if I'm growing into this fullness? Right? Well, it just, it's described for us in chapter, uh, sorry, in verse 15. How is this growth described? When you're speaking the truth in love, you're on the right path. When you're speaking the truth in love, you're on the right path. This is not just, you know, being honest or being sincere. You know you have turned from being immature and are turning towards growth when you yourself are speaking what? The truth, how? In love. Then you know you're on the course. You're, you're navigating right. You're going in the right direction. Okay? It's more than just being honest and sincere. Because what's the context? The context is young Christians are in a whirlwind of a storm. Okay? And the consequences are severe. If bad doctrine gets to them, they're blasted all over the place. And they'll become unrecognizable. Okay? And it's in that context of crisis that the mature speak the truth to them in love. Because you're going to rescue them from that state. right? You've got to get them out of that context. So it's more than just being sincere. It's doing it. Speaking the truth in love. And doing it in love. Speaking the truth to others is not violently done. It's not forcefully done. It's not aggressively done. It's eager, it's faithful, but it is soaked, soaked, soaked in love. Soaked, soaked, soaked in love. You can have the truth. And, and, and I, this is what's speaking to me. You can have a passion for the truth. You're, just because you have a passion for the truth does not mean you're speaking the truth in love. Parents, parents. Speaking the truth to children, just double click on this. Are you speaking the truth, that's good, in love? That's mature. That's, that's growing forward into the fullness of Christ, right? It's not done aggressively, it's not done forcefully, 
It's not done violently, obviously. It is soaked, soaked, soaked in love. And your intensity and your passion for the truth that does not mean you're doing it in love. In fact, your intensity and your passion for the truth could be very opposite to love. So just double click on that and just have the Spirit search your heart. Having the truth and done in love. Intensity, fine. Intensity governed by love. Governed by love. ABC, this is the tone of our community. This is the tone of our family going forward. Amen? Amen. Not to remain immature, vulnerable, and open to bad doctrine. Right? We can all like that and share that. That's great. And to move forward, how? Speaking the truth. Yes. Fine. But it's not hurry up and get your act together. <laughs> it's not get up here. <laughs> it's speaking the truth in love. Have you see, it will do us well if our truth speaking is soaked in love. Soaked in love. That will do us well. That, now we're on course to that fullness now we're on course to possessing the glory of God. Amen? It'll do us well. Personally, it'll do us well. Corporately. So you've got to ask yourself this morning, how is the tone of your truth? How is that tone? Because this passage is just declaring to us that we need to share. Yes. And we need to share it. How? In love. Just like Jesus did. Just like Jesus did. No matter the severity of the storm, no matter how bad or distasteful the bad doctrine, no matter the, the, the fallout, the crisis, the weakness, the brokenness, the sin, no matter, when you bring truth to it, the truth comes coated, sanitized in love. Amen? Amen. God help us. Amen? That's why Ephesians chapter 3 says, pray that His glorious strength will strengthen you in the inner man. Because we need God's strength to do this. And may it be done. Because speaking the truth in love is a mark and an indication, a characteristic of going into growth, into the fullness of God. A harshness, a criticalness. Not being objective, don't get me wrong. It's good to be objective. It's good to be critical, constructively. It's good. It's good to look at things and observe things and review things and double-check things and hold things accountable, right? But that's all done in love. A critical, harsh, antagonistic spirit will absolutely suffocate love. And without love, nothing will grow. Nothing will grow. So ABC, our growth is very much dependent, yes, on content, but on the love soaked in this content. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So, and then this passage also helps us correct two things. Children, and I'm not talking children that are young by age. We're talking about children who are young in Christ. Children in Christ need to be spoken to with what? The truth. They need to be spoken. It's not loving not to speak to them. It's not loving to leave them vulnerable to bad doctrine. Is that loving? No, that's not loving. 
It's not loving to say nothing, even if it's going to make the relationship a little bit complicated. Even if it's going to bring a little bit of discomfort. You're not loving them by saying nothing. You speak the truth and you speak it in love. And it's not loving to leave a child like that. And you know yourself, if you're growing in the Lord, when you are, in a, when you are speaking the truth in love, you know you are growing in the Lord. Okay. Where does this go? Okay, speaking the truth in love, comma, we will grow. We will grow to become, look at this, in every respect, the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ Jesus. I've said this a few times. I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> but this is the end. That in every respect we will become like that one. This preeminent one. This sovereign one. This ascended one. Who is head over all things. Who has all authority under his feet. Friends, we will go into that. And in every aspect grow into that. That's what we will grow into. Thank you, Ephesians, for totally opening our minds to the scope and scale of what we are to grow into in the Lord. Church is not a small thing. Amen? Amen. Bible study is not a small habit. It's a big thing. It's a gross, obtuse thing. And growing in it is a good thing. That's what we will grow up into. Into that one that is the head over all of us. That one that came and lived, grow into that one. That came and died, that one. That came and rose again, that one. That one is ascended at the right hand of the Father. We will grow into that one. I like what Galatians 2.20 says. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me. Amen? Amen. That's, that's our new way. And to what extent do we grow? In every facet. Whatever the, facet, whatever the prayer life of Jesus, you, you grow into that. What was His love for others? You grow into that. What was his, the scale of His holiness? You grow into that. What was His love for the lost? You grow into that. What was... Him trusting God in His trials, you grow into that similarly. His desire for heaven, you grow into that. How well did He suffer? You grow into that. His desire for the Father, you grow into that. Every facet you are to grow. It's not an option to pick and choose what we grow into Jesus with. It's everything. There your Bible said it. To become in every respect. Every respect. So how much work have we got to do? Who's arrived? I know you got, you got two more exams left, buddy. But in Christianity, <laughs> the tests go on. They go on. We've got a lot of work to do. A lot of ground to cover. Amen? Amen? Amen. A lot of ground to cover. But another thing to take heart of is, as we grow into that one, and in every respect of that one, all right? Don't cut yourself short, you know, by thinking, well, because we tend to just look around at others, you know, 
at this level. We're just looking at this level. Well, I, I pray better than that person. I know more books of the Bible than that person. I know more. I do more than that person. I'm well better behaved than this one. So I'm okay. Friends, lift up your eyes. You are to grow to that fullness. It's not about comparing yourself with others. You compare yourself with that one. And that's your work. That's your growth or lack of. Amen? Amen. So it's a sobering reality. In fact, it's very freeing that before Christ and in Christ we're all on this trajectory. And that's the extent to which we all are to grow. All of us are to grow to that. Leaving immaturity. Not remaining vulnerable to bad doctrine. Thanks to the gifts that God has given us. The apostles, the prophets, the teachers, the evangelists. We are to grow and speak the truth in love. Right. He's not finished. Every respect mature of him who is the head, that is Christ. Verse 16. From him the whole body joined, held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Friends, this is such good news. This growth, I mean, I don't know if maybe this has felt a bit ominous. And you felt a bit heavy. How am I going to measure to this? How is this achieved? How is this? Is there any gain in my life towards this? Friends, you are not doing this alone. This growth in God and this movement towards His fullness is done hand in hand, toe to toe, with other believers. Amen? It's done in community. It's done as a family. You grow as a body. In fact, this, is, this one has given us more resources, if you look at it carefully. He's given us two other things to get us there. He says, from Him, who's that? That one. From Him, who I'll come back to in a moment, the whole body is joined. He did it. He has put precisely the right people at the right place into your lives. That means these people sitting right next to you, God put them there. He put them there. Even the people you don't like. He put them there. Precisely. Because that joining is our strength. That joining is our strength. That joining is the power that we need. You need it. I need it. He needs it. And she needs it. Black or white. Regardless of their ethnicity. Regardless of their... Um, you know, their living arrangement, regardless of their education, regardless of their money or not, regardless of the age, regardless of the gender, everyone is needed for this to reach its mandate. And that person is there by divine intention, joined together. That causes this body to grow. That causes this body to grow. So friends, it's not one person joining a body and catalyzing wonderful growth. Thank heavens. It's not special people who catalyze special growth. No. You are all joined and that joining is done by God. And that joining is the power. That's the strength. That's the supply given to this body to achieve that mandate by joining us together. So look around and double click. How exactly are you viewing one another? Because that person in this body is there divinely appointed. God himself thought it worth to save that person and put that person right next to you. That person is there for a reason. 
That's not all he supplies. He's joined and held together. Held together. So this one joins and he supplies a holding together. He supplies a joining, a cement, a glue in these connections. He's equipped us. So as you make contact with so-and-so, who's been divinely joined, as you make contact, God's Spirit empowers its connection and supplies its connection. That interconnectivity is divinely supplied and equipped. This church has everything it needs to sustain itself. Remember I said, the church is old, but it's not getting older. It's getting, it's always robust. It's always renewing. It's always mitigating old age. The church is not old in that sense. Amen? Amen. No. We might be old. But the church itself, the bride, is getting ready. It's progressing. It's growing. Because this one has joined everyone. And this one supplies the power in its interconnectivity. Okay. But where does this all go? Held together by every supporting ligament. Here's where it goes. Grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So to what standard does this get done? As each one does its work. As each one does its work. Makes contact. As each one uses what Christ has measured to them in their giftings. As each one does that work. Properly. Saying no to immaturity. Saying yes to growing in the word of God. Right? All of that context. As it does its work properly, so God Himself enables it to grow. And grow into and by love. So we cannot conclude that the growth of ABC is primarily on one person. That's not what our Bible shows us. Amen? We cannot conclude that you can remain outside this body. So I don't know how we get this upside down. Church growth is measured in the fullness and in the maturity in Christ. That's church growth. Amen? And your participation in that growth is the supply for its success. You knowing someone's name in the church, you knowing where they live, you knowing how their family is, you knowing their context and understanding them, you building friendships with one another, you having people over, you what's up, all of that underpins this growth in God. All of that. You remaining outside that, you not making contact, you remaining contactless and isolated and fragmented, Allowing prejudices, allowing ethnicities, allowing genders, allowing income levels, allowing knowledge, allowing your preferences to keep you divided, does not maturing into that fullness. ABC, this is our ethos. Amen? This is our ethos. Saying no to immaturity and being vulnerable to bad doctrine. Saying yes to growth in God by the gifts that He's given. Saying yes to Yes, God has joined this 
body together. Yes, God is supplying my the power in this connectivity by saying yes to that. And by us doing our part, this, this church will grow. This will go forward. But I want to conclude with this. Because I, I skipped this phrase on purpose because I want to land on it. Verse 16, and in my Bible, the first four words. From Him. The first two words, sorry. From Him. Who's ultimately responsible for this body to be empowered and maintain its course and reach its final glorious destination? Who's ultimately responsible? What does your Bible say? Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. He is ultimately responsible. And so that's why I said we come back to the beginning. What do you and I need? I don't want to contradict myself, but I'm going to. To grow in Christ is not going to happen by you focusing on your growth. Focusing on being the best Bible reader. Focusing on being the best prayer. Are these words? They're not words. Whatever. Focusing on being, you know, that or this. And that's not a, Our growth comes by focusing on this one. You focus on that one. You just love that one. Adore that one. Worship that one. Fear that one. Obey that one. The growth is a byproduct. It just happens. It just happens. You're not going to see it really. What did Jesus say in the parables? The kingdom of God is like a farmer who goes and sows a seed, goes to sleep, he wakes up in the morning and it's grown. And he does not know how. Right? It's invisible. But over time, over time, and maybe that's your testimony, you could see the growth of God in me. How did that happen? Not by really focusing on your growth patterns and, and your growth formulas and, and whatnot, as good as they are. You need to make good habits. Amen? Getting to church is a good habit. Making contact with one another is a good habit. Getting to know people is a good habit. You better come to the bra next week. <laughs> okay. So that's a good habit. But focusing on our face next Sunday is not going to bring the growth. Focusing on this one. Amen. For from Him this whole body is joined. And if we focus on that one, adore that one, love that one, fear that one, obey that one, ABC, we have nothing to fear. It will only go that way. It will only, because that's the byproduct. And that's the good news. Amen. We've been rescued from this domination of religion. We've been rescued from the chains of righteousness and trying to attain a level of credibility so God would love us. And You've been rescued from that. And so just as you received Christ, the first day you met Him, and said, yes, Lord, I'm lost. I need you. I need you. That's what I need. I need you. That's the disposition Every day going forward is looking at Him, worshipping Him, and loving Him. And as Ephesians would tell us, in the verses we just read, hold on to Him. From Him, the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting. You just hold on to that one, He'll do the rest. Amen? Hold on to that one. 
Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the Son. You were bruised for our transgressions. You were crushed for our iniquities. You took on the wrath of God. You took our place. You accepted us not because of how well we do, how much we grow, how much we know. We are in this body purely because of what you did for us on the cross. Lord, you love this church. You love your church. And since the beginning, you have gifted her with the word of God. You sustained her. You grow her. You mature her. And looking to you, Lord Jesus, we aim to do the same. Resting in your work on the cross. Lord, we recognize that we can ruin this. Please forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, if we've looked at it wrong. If we've thought it's going to take a special person to make a church grow. Thank you for changing our thinking on that. If we thought it took an employee to make a church. Thank you for correcting our thinking. If we thought it was going to be a special group of people that make a church grow. Lord, we've seen afresh. It's us. Every individual doing its part properly. Making contact. Allowing the supplied joining and the supplied connecting to work. That this body grows. Father, if we've replaced anything else in the church but you. Lord Jesus, please forgive us. Give us that, that heart that loves you, adores you, obeys you, fears you. Works to you alone. And we will trust you to do this work. Thank you for the promise underneath us. Thank you for the character of God around us. Thank you for the people holding our hands and walking side by side with us. And Father, as we walk together as a community, demonstrating this power and this promise, giving witness, testifying to the fullness that is still to come, Lord God, we pray many would turn to you and see that Jesus Christ is indeed making all things full because of the filling He's done here at ABC. Father, thank you for the truth. And we pray that you would make us passionate for the truth. But Lord Jesus, soak us in your love. When we share this truth with others, whether it be strangers, whether it be family members, whether it be other church members, Father, may we always be governed by love. And so, Father, we need you for this. We cry out for you for this. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that our, as our church walks this way and talks this way, as other churches walk and talk this way, that, Lord Jesus, you would do an amazing thing here in the man's entirety. An amazing thing in our province and in our nation and in our world. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, we pray. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing this last song. Just testifying.